Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello, this is Talking Tourism and I'm today's host, Rachel Williams. Every fortnight, the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania is bringing you conversations with some of the brightest minds in the tourism industry from right across the country. And today I'm very excited to be joined by a strategist in social media and digital marketing, Meg Coffey. She's a trainer, lecturer, media commentator, award-winning entrepreneur and a regular on Australia's business speaking circuit. Welcome, Meg. Hello. How are you going? Good. Thank you for having me. Our absolute pleasure. And I'm so excited to be talking to you because I've read somewhere when I was doing a little bit of research about you and your organisation, Coffee and Tea, that you've been described as a Tech-Australian. And I've (laughs) never heard of that before and I think it's fantastic. So you're from Texas and you've got the gift of the gab and you're working in Australia. Tell us a bit about your history. So I came over to um, Australia as a backpacker many years ago and absolutely fell in love with the country. Landed in Perth, always knew that Perth was the place for me. Um, Was lucky enough to travel around the rest of Australia, always with the goal of getting back to Perth. There was just something special about that city that that just grabbed my heart. And so that was almost 20 years ago. I still haven't lost my Texas accent though. <laughs> I think I watch too much American television. Uh, I do call myself Texas though because I got my Australian passport about four, almost four years ago now. And I'm very excited to have that. It took me a very long time to get it. We're happy to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> so I'll never lose my Texan. I'm not American. I'm Texan. Big difference. Uh, yes. And so I'll never lose that Texanism. But uh, yeah, I'm Texan. Excellent. I love it. And I also read that you're, and I can see by looking at you and listening to that you're full of big and bold ideas and, and <laughs> passionate. So we're going to get on really well. And what we're going to be chatting about today is social media, which is your your key business, isn't it? What when did you get involved in social media? Was it when it was born? <laughs> oh, well, sort of. I've always been into computers. We, you know, I was very lucky and we had a computer back in 1984. Mum knew that it was something that was important. You were one of the rich ones then, <laughs> weren't you? <laughs> rich Texans. We, we were very lucky. And so computers have always been a part of my life and I've always been nerdy in that way and been able to, I just adapted to, to the technology. I got into social media sort of by default. I've been a marketing manager for lots of different people. And I always had a very small budget. And so, so social media sort of came around at a time where I was w- working for a restaurant that wanted me to do as much promotion as possible, but gave me no money. So there was zero money for the traditional way of doing things. And that was 2008 and Facebook was there. And I was like, oh, look, we, I reckon we can do something with this. And here we are 11 years later. So you spend your time traveling around Australia and on the global stage talking about tips for social media for businesses. And today we're going to try and glean as much information as we can out of you, um, in particular for, for tourism businesses. And I suppose more so for the smaller tourism businesses who, who probably like what you've just described, don't have a big marketing budget, but they can get bang for buck, I'm sure. And we're going to go through a few of those. So. Just tell us a little bit about your your business. You've got a marketing agency, Coffee and Tea, and you help lots of businesses. Yeah, so I actually I've got I've got multiple businesses, a little bit by default. Coffee, Coffee and Tea is my agency. We work solely with tourism and hospitality, 
The reason being, I, Meg, have worked in tourism and hospitality. I know how the business works. I know from the ground up, from being a glassy all the way to being the manager of the restaurant. And I know how to do big picture stuff with small budgets. So rather than trying to be average at all industries, I've really said tourism and hospitality is what we focus on. And our goal is to be the best in the country at doing that. I also am very lucky in that I run an organization called Social Media Perth, which is Western Australia's largest network of digital marketers. And those two businesses sort of coincide. Um, it's, it's quite funny. I always has these, had these grand dreams of my agency being this big, huge, you know, all these employees. And SM Perth was my side hustle. No, SM Perth has completely taken over. And it's amazing what we've been able to achieve. And, and it, for me, it's not, it's not it's not necessarily about making the money it's about helping you in your business and giving you real things rather than coming in and going sure i can write you a strategy and it's going to you know do this and this but you actually can't implement that you don't have the resources either human or budget so i want to come in and go look let me train you how to do this. I, I lose clients all the time because I teach you how to do everything and then you don't need me anymore. Teach them too well. <laughs> yeah. But I'd rather do that. I'd rather you and I have a relationship where you actually get value for what you're paying for and that you understand, even if you decide, do you know what? I fully understand what you're doing, but I'm still going to have you do it because I just don't have the time. That's fine too. But I, I love the small businesses. And there's such a big contrast in the amount of ability that people have on social media, isn't there? Let's be honest. There's people who have a Facebook page, you know, like some older people that might be in my family life who share things and they've got no idea what they're really doing to the really good people who know the platform in and out. And, and that's where you're going to come in today. Exactly. And I do. I want to help everybody because I, I, I believe that, especially where we are now in 2019, you guys, all businesses can run their own social. It really, that just comes down to time. Do you have the time to do it correctly? I can teach you the tools, but if you can't put the time into it, then then you won't right. succeed. Okay. Well, let's start at the start then. Facebook, it's the, the number one area for social media still? It's, yeah, it's our yellow pages. Look, I, I get that people are leaving the platform in droves. It's interesting, though, after Cambridge Analytica in January 2018, the big scandal, everyone was like, oh, Facebook's dead. Everyone's going to leave Facebook. They're, they grew, and they've continued to grow since that scandal. And with every privacy breach, they continue to grow. So I don't <laughs> think Facebook is over. Yes, the generation that's on it is changing. But it's not over. It is. It is our yellow pages. We have you. You. If you're not on Facebook, what are you doing? Well, and I'm tipping that most people listening to this will have some form of Facebook uh, platform uh, for their business. Whether or not they've just started up and actually don't interact with it or not is a different story. So let's maybe start from the start of someone who wants to start today with their business, whether it be an old business or a new business. How should they go about starting up their Facebook page <laughs> and and using it from there. I think step back from the posting for a second. Don't worry about the posting and go, what am I trying to achieve? What is the point of this? If, if, if I'm going to put effort into this, what am I hoping to get out of it? Am I hoping to get new customers? Am I hoping to grow brand awareness? Am I hoping to talk about operational efficiency or customer experience or company culture? Like, what am I actually trying to do here? Because if you just go at it and go, oh, I'm just going to throw up a post so who 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 cares like is anyone going to see that you you have to have a you have to have a goal with every single piece of content there's so much there's so many pieces of content on facebook every day that if you don't have a point or a purpose for it it's going to get lost in the the wilderness 
So say, for example, I want to expand my business and the income it generates, because let's be honest, that's what we all want to do. Um, How do you go about making sure the posts that you put up are actually relevant to that goal, but also that they will get seen? All right. So there's lots of, let me give you the sort of the concise thing. One, if you go out there and you just try the mass marketing approach, spray and pray, it isn't going to, it isn't going to work. You have to go out there and go, who am I talking to? Who am I? Cause I'm like you, I don't, I don't care how old you are, what language you speak, where you live. I just care that you have enough money to afford my experience or my product. Right. But if I go out there and I'm just like, Hey, here's my product. No one, no one's going to pay attention. So you need to break it down to the basic marketing of who is my customer. You know, this is Tommy he has 2.5 kids, a white picket fence and makes 75 grand a year. This is what resonates with Tommy. And this is Susie and she's double income, no kids. This is what resonates with Susie and create your content for Tommy, create your content for Susie. And they can be created together? Together, but, 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 but they're separate. You know, the example I always use is here I have a bed. My bed's $99. If I go out there and go, my bed is $99, everyone's going to go, so? But if I go out there and I say, okay, so this bed is for the gray nomad who wants to get out of the caravan and have a good night's sleep. Same photo, but the content that I write, that the, the words are going to be completely different than the corporate traveler who just cares about Wi-Fi or the local who is out for a staycation dirty weekend away. <laughs> Same bed, completely different messaging. So back to your question of how do I ensure that it gets seen? Well, first of all, we have to know who we're talking to. And then we can go, okay, with the organic side of things, a lot of people say organic reach is dead. I say your content is crap. Mm-hmm. If you're not putting the right content out there, the content that your audience is looking for, they're not going to engage with it. So just explain organic reach for those that might not Sorry. know. So it's not as if you're actually paying No, that's the free promote. stuff. Organic yeah. reach is the free stuff. So when you just pay, have a post, sorry, when you just open up your Facebook page and you create a post, that would be called an organic post. Yep. And that's the free stuff. That's what all of us do every day. Yep. And a lot of businesses are saying, oh, with the algorithm changes, organic reach, like nobody sees my posts unless I advertise. And I disagree. That's a myth? Well, I think so. I think that you're no one's seeing your content because you're not putting anything interesting out there. And because content relies on people liking it and then reacting to it. Well, so that- yeah. So what we're getting to is, is the way that the algorithm works. And one of the most important things for the Facebook algorithm, which is what determines what you and I see is how, how much engagement does your, do your post get? So it's sort of chicken and egg kind of stuff in that if your posts aren't getting any engagement, Facebook's going to go, this stuff isn't interesting. Do you know how many other millions of pieces of content we could show? Why are we showing stuff that nobody's engaging with? But then at the same time, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, but comments are really important replies and how many shares you get. And so when I say that it's not that organic reach is zero, it, it's that your content is crap. It's that you're putting stuff out there every day that nobody is commenting on, that nobody is engaging with, that people just aren't finding interesting. So even if you then actually enhance that post with a paid thing, which Facebook no doubt wants you to yeah. do because they're getting paid for that, it's still not going to gain any traction because it's still not interesting. No, Well, yes and no. Yes and no. You put money behind it and it's a completely different story. But still, if it's not interesting comment content, sorry, I'm not going to comment. Like even if it's an ad, if it's in my feed and I'm like, what is this? I'm not going to engage with it. And that's where making sure that you have an advertising strategy comes into play of are you going after Tommy or are you going after Susie? Who are these people that you're trying to talk to? 
rather than that mass marketing spray and pray, here's my bed, it's $99. What's your view on, um, you see them quite frequently, like and share this post and comment and tag who you want to win and I'll give you a $300 gift voucher. How do they work? Do they work or is it a trick for new players? I wish you could see my face right now. Um, <laughs> look, it, they're a bad idea. First of all, it's against Facebook rules to ask someone to like your page as a condition of entry. However, everybody does it. Yeah. But that's just bad because you're filling your, you're filling your page with people that don't like you for you. They like you because you're giving away something. The like and share stuff, look, I, for me, I find it annoying as the, as the nerd who has to look at the analytics because it throws out, it skews my stats for the month because I'll have this one week where I have crazy engagement, lots of comments and replies and shares. And then the next week, my engagement just plummets because I'm doing normal stuff. And so you kind of go, wait, where am I sitting? Where do I, how well am I doing? And so I don't, I don't really like them. As you said, it, they're, it's an easy way to get, to get, I don't know, I call it cheap engagement. Don't get me wrong. If I've got tickets to give away to a show tomorrow night, I'll throw a post up that says tag a friend to win these tickets because why know, not? Why not? Exactly. Yeah. So what um, advice would you give someone about the content? And I think the message here is it's all about story, isn't it? Yes. You've got to get that story right yeah. that people are going to engage with. Well, and that's it. We want our brands and our businesses to have have a story now. I want to know what you believe in. I want to know what you stand for. I want to know um, the the story behind your business, the culture. And so the content, it, it has to be feel like I'm just talking in, in words now, but it's like, it has to be engaging. Mm. It has to be, it has to be interesting. It mean something, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it has to add value to the conversation. If it's just a piece of content that, you know, it's just a photo of a, of a cute animal, like, cool. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all love cute animals, but, but what's are you, the animal's name? <laughs> exactly. Are you adding value to the conversation? Are you, is it just a photo of a wallaby or is it a photo of a wallaby outside my hotel room that when you come and stay here, you get, you're not just seeing, you know, you're not just in the bush. You are in the bush with the wildlife. Mm. That's a selling point. Just a photo of a wallaby is like, yeah, cool. So it's quite exhausting, isn't it? Because you can spend so much time and just get immersed in, on your phone, on social media. How then as a business owner, do you, you said it's all about you know, do you have the time to do it? How important is that decision to make early on, that you are the one that can actually control the engagement and control the content, or do you handle it off to someone who can dedicate a lot more time to that? I think all of us think we're capable of it, <laughs> and so all of us give it a go, and then you go, oh, I didn't realise that, and that's when you outsource it or you get someone else to do it. Even in my team, I'm not actually allowed to schedule anymore because I keep forgetting or I get to 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, oh, shoot, I haven't posted today. Like, I better get something up. And so even though I'm the boss, the boys have said that work for me have said, <laughs> Meg, no, we'll take care of the scheduling. You just do strategy for us. You just do the big yeah. ideas because it is, it's exhausting. But my, I guess my advice in that would be, Set aside a social media hour per se, like Monday morning, 10 a.m., every Monday morning, 10 a.m., that's when you sit down and you do social, whether it's an hour learning, reading blogs, listening to podcasts, whatever, or your scheduling or your, you know, whatever you might do, but have that as your social media hour. And you'll find that when you do your scheduling in that hour, you can get a whole week done. 
rather than 45 minutes every day. Oh, what am I going to post? Where do I find the photo? And it's exhausting. And that's fine though until you might get a post that people want to interact with and ask you questions for. How detrimental can it be to a business if you don't actually answer those questions or provide feedback in a timely manner? Because you see some things on Facebook, not necessarily just the posts, but on their pages, these bad comments and questions that go unanswered for often years. (laughs) It's horrible. It's it's really horrible. Social media is not a one way thing. It is a, it is about conversation, and the people that are doing it right have engaged communities, and they are having conversations back and forth. When you have your social media hour, as I say with my air quotes, then what you do is you have your hour of scheduling, and then it's five to ten minutes every day of checking in, engaging with that. On the technical side, we know that the Facebook algorithm depends on comments, replies to comments, and sharing. So you're actually doing yourself a disservice by not replying to people. I like or love every single comment that is left. Even if it's just you tagging a friend, I will like that. Now, as far as responding to things in the positive way, you don't want to be creepy. All right. So I always say be like Spotify and not like Netflix in this, <laughs> in that every year Spotify puts out these ads, like one in four playlists has a Nickelback song. And, you know, we listened to 700 hours of Britney Spears this year, like fun stuff. Netflix sent a tweet out that said to the person that watched the Christmas Prince 27 times in a row, who hurt you? <laughs> creepy. A little bit creepy. Yeah. So be like Spotify, not like Netflix. If it's appropriate for you to engage in the conversation, engage in the conversation. If not, just give it a like. Just acknowledge that the person has left a message. That's the positive side. The negative side, you have to respond to. Because I know in my instance, like for me personally, the longer it takes you to respond, the angrier I get and the louder <laughs> I get. Because I want you to pay attention so to not necessarily me. thinking through what you want to res- how you want to respond very clearly. <laughs> but you have to respond. If somebody has a problem, now, you know, I was talking to um to someone earlier today about crisis comms, and he was like, you know, if you have someone that's angry that, you know, why couldn't I have a kangaroo on my bike? Well, that's just irrational, right? And you can't manage those expectations. It'd be but great to see. <laughs> it'd be awesome. But we have to go back to people. And what my favorite line is, and I, and I mean this, is that I'm disappointed I didn't meet your expectations. I am. I'm genuinely disappointed that we didn't deliver you the experience that you thought you were getting. You are insane and crazy for thinking you were going to get a kangaroo on your bike. But, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that we, I'm not sorry. I'm disappointed that we didn't deliver that to you. So as far as responding, you, you have to respond, even if it is to the people that are so out there with what their commentary is, as long as it's not, um, using defamatory language, as long as there's no swearing, as long as it's not bringing your company into disrepute. And how important is it to not be defensive? Correct. Just, I'm disappointed we didn't meet your expectations. It's one of my favorite lines. And I know it sounds cheap or cheesy or whatever, but when I say it, I do genuinely mean it. I, Meg, am not necessarily sorry. I didn't do it. I didn't. It's not my Meg's fault. But I am disappointed that you thought you were getting this. But would the reader of that then say, oh, this is just a a programmed message that goes out to everyone because they can't be bothered dealing with it in a... If that's all you say. And that's where you have to go in and you have to address it. And I almost call it like, you know, the sandwich, but you address and you go, you know, I'm disappointed that you were, that your bed wasn't up to standards. You know, this is rah, 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 without going too much into it. 
I just saw a tweet today that was um, someone complaining about Roto-Rooter, which is a um, plumbing service in the U.S. And <laughs> it sounds like a great business. <laughs> and they, the woman's tweet was, you know, thanks for the $300 quote. I fixed it for 15 bucks. And Roto-Rooter came back and said, that's great. However, we do have to pay skilled laborers. And it was a bit like... Is that the path you want to go down? Like, I get it. I get that you are skilled laborers and they are deserving of a wage, but that's a bit defensive. That's a bit on edge. Is there a better way that you could have responded to that than saying, well, you know. So what would you recommend in that instance then? You know, thank you for your valuable feedback. We have to ensure that we are using licensed plumbers and with that comes greater expense than just your dad fixing it. Yeah, sure. Okay. And said with a smile and politely and nice and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So um, how much should businesses be spending if they choose to go down that path of enhancing their posts and things? Is there a rough? Oh, how much, you know, how long is a piece of string? What I say to my clients or when I'm delivering my workshops to small businesses is you need a minimum of $350 a month, $350 a month for Facebook. And Instagram, but a minimum of three fifty for small businesses is a great start. Don't get me wrong; I have clients that spend way more than that. But at three fifty, that's enough to get your foot in the game. There's eleven different types of advertisements that you can run on Facebook, and so it's not necessarily three hundred fifty all on one. It is a strategic, I'm going to drive some traffic to my website. I'm going to drive engagement of my posts. I'm going to drive video views. It's a it's a holistic look at what I'm trying to achieve. And then how do you work out um, the return you're getting on that investment? How is there a tangible way of doing that? Yes and no. So if the objective is traffic, well, did you increase traffic to your website? Do you have more visitors or not? If you're going brand awareness, that's a little bit more difficult without doing focus groups and research and all of that. But as I always say to people with brand awareness, how are your sales? Are they increased? Has your website traffic increased? Has your, you know, is everything looking up? Then I would say brand awareness has been lifted, which is not a measurable scientific way of doing it. And they'd be able to get anecdotal um, responses back from the customers and clients that they're using anyway, wouldn't they? Exactly. And if your objective is engagement, well, did you get more link clicks? Did you get more likes? Did you get more loves, more comments? So it is very tangible information. You just have to ask yourself in the beginning, what am I trying to do? And then did I achieve that or did I not? And do those likes, though, translate into extra dollars if that's what your goal is? I would not say a like is a dollar. I think a like is a brand awareness if we're going that way. It's really interesting. I, you know, I've got a customer that we constantly get reviews or comments that we found out about you on television. We've never advertised on television ever. People aren't going to necessarily say, I saw it on Facebook and that's what caused me to purchase it. But Facebook is what makes us feel confident with that purchase because our friends like it. Our friends have purchased it. It, it is a way of going, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that idea. So sure, I might sell something on Facebook indirectly, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what about, you've mentioned Instagram. That's obviously such a, a beautiful forum to, to look at. Um, is that a big business spinner as well for tourism business? Oh, gosh, yeah. You have to be. And you Instagram, be Instagram, we definitely can purchase and we definitely can. There's a little bit more, I mean, at least for retail, you know, people 
with a shopping, the ability to actually one click shop now, we will have more purchases. It's very dangerous. Oh, too much money. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Instagram, I think Instagram, Instagram was made for Australian tourism. Like, look at how beautiful this country is. You know, we've got the blue skies and the oceans and the reds and the greens. And it's just, you know, it's not like we live in the middle of nowhere. There is, it is a beautiful country. And if you're not using Instagram for tourism, what are you doing? Do you still find that there are still businesses out there that don't? Yeah. What are they afraid of? I think they just don't understand it or they don't know how to use it or they get too wrapped up in, I need followers. It's not about followers. It's about telling the story of your business, showing what it's like to come and experience this, what it's like to be in this region, what it, what it feels like. It's, it, Instagram is emotional, whereas maybe Facebook is a little bit more logic, I think. And what about other things like you've got Twitter, um, which at the moment's full of quite negative (laughs) commentary, depending on which side of the political fence you're on. Um, is that a good method as well for tourism businesses? Totally depends. Now, Twitter is my favorite platform. I love Twitter despite all the negative stuff. Twitter allows me to connect with people all over the world. Twitter allows to me allows me to have conversations with people that there's no way I could have conversations with otherwise. I'm putting a conference on at the end of June and every keynote speaker I have is because I reached out to them on Twitter and I said, what would it take to bring you to Perth? answer being lots of money, but that's besides (laughs) the point. So Twitter is good. However, if you're targeting the average Australian, Twitter's not going to work for you. We just don't, it just hasn't worked as a platform for our country. That said, the farmers love it. Absolutely love it. And the general, this is total generalization, but it's, it's old white men that are on Twitter. And that's because in Australia... Does that surprise you? Because that really surprises me. I would have thought it would be the, the cool young kids. Well, no. no, because it's news, sports and politics. That's what we. That's what Australians go to Twitter for. And the younger generations just aren't as interested in it in the way that the older generations are. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So I always say, look, if you're targeting the average Australian... Twitter's probably not right for you. There's get get go and invest in Pinterest before you're investing in Twitter. So what else should we be looking at then above and beyond those three? But let me finish that. If you're looking outside Australia, oh, right, yes. you need to be on Twitter because everybody uses Twitter. It's just us as a country that it's does a it. A little bit behind the eight. Well, I just think I just think it didn't have enough time to get a, a foothold before Instagram came. And we went, I only have the capacity for, for two platforms. I don't have the scope to do more. I'm going to go pretty pictures because that's easy. Yep. And I'm going to go Facebook because I have to. So that's, I, that's just my sort of feeling about Twitter in Australia. I love it. There are plenty of people, you know, you were saying earlier, you use it. You're a journalist, news, sports, and yeah. politics. As far as what's next... If you have the time, if you're killing it at Facebook, if your Instagram is awesome and your website, your SEO is, is you are spot on, only then do we move on to the next one. And my advice would be Pinterest. Now, Pinterest is long-term. So this is bucket list planning. I am not going to, generally speaking, get a sale today off Pinterest. What I'm doing is I'm planning for that trip that one day I will take. One day I'll make it to Australia. When I do, these are the places that I'm going to go. So just explain for those who don't know how it works quickly what Pinterest is. It's like a pin board. I don't know if you grew up with a pin board in your your bedroom with actual like cork and push pins. It's the exact same thing. It's your vision, your dreams. But it's digital. Yeah. And it is 
to be honest, a giant image search gallery. And people just put these boards up, uh, you know, like a, like a pin board and they go, you know, this is my fashion or cooking or, or retail or in our instance, this is our destination. And one day I will make it to Australia. And it is, you know, searches are up 66, sorry, searches are up 33% on last year for travel ideas. And 66% of people on Pinterest say that they use the platform to plan their holidays. So it is, it's a visual way to go. I don't know where that is, but one day I'm going to get there. One day I'm going to go to that gorge or I'm going to go to that mountain or I'm going to go and see that beautiful thing. And the great thing about Pinterest is that no matter where the image ends up, if you've set it up correctly, it will always link back to your website. So when it comes time for me to book, all I have to do is go, now where is that? And it will take me back to your website and hopefully I book with you. So it sounds like with all those images that Tasmania and, and Australia, as you mentioned, is, is perfect for that along with Instagram. Oh, it's we are ripe for this. We are just – and look, Pinterest has been around since 2010. It's not a new say, I have platform. heard about it. Where have I been? <laughs> but it's been more the fashion side of things or the cooking side of things, the, the crockery and the food. And those are the two big ones. I, you know, I can't remember the statistic off the top of my head, but it's it's fashion and it's food. But travel is the new big And that thing. website thing, thats we haven't talked about websites, but that to me sounds like where the money inevitably is at. Getting them to your website? Yeah. yeah. If, you, if your search engine optimization, your SEO isn't up to scratch, I can't find you. And if I can't find you, how do I book you? Without a third party or something like that. And I think so many people forget about the basics of their website. They, they, they forget about naming their images. You know, it's not image one, two, three, four. It is cataractgorge.jpg or cradlemountain.jpg. These little things that you can do will actually make it easier for people to find you. And so many people forget about that. SEO is another thing I totally think that you can do yourself. However, as I always say to people, I have cleaners in my house because it would take me so long to clean my house and I'm not a professional, right? I would much rather pay someone to clean my house in two hours, let me go do my work, let me do what I'm good at, and then come home to a happy, clean house. SEO is the same. You can do it, but do you have the skills to to stay in touch with all the changes? Do you have the the time to do these things? And if you don't have time, then we outsource. Okay. Well, speaking of time, I wish we could speak to you for so much longer. There's so much more to talk about, but I will just get you to wrap up your top three tips. Obviously, we have focused a lot more on on the Facebook side of things, but just top three engagement tips and and then we'll wrap up. Um, Add value to the conversation. Ensure that there is a point to what you're saying. Maybe let me backtrack. Understand what you're trying to achieve first. What is my goal here? Once we know what our goal is, two, let's ensure that our content is adding value to the conversation that other people will care that it's not just me. And third, have a, have a stand. Make sure that you have an opinion. Don't be afraid to voice your opinion. Vanilla is never going to work. We've, we, we've got to go out there. And don't be controversial, but take a stand. Have an opinion. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Meg Coffee from Coffee and Tea. It certainly has been a pleasure having a, a good chinwag with you today. Um, and obviously getting some really important tips about the, the great, um, growth in social media and, and Facebook in particular about how important it is to be active, 
um, on social media for your for your tourism businesses. So thank you all for listening. I hope you have got some value out of it. And if you have enjoyed today's show, please do tell your tourism colleagues to take a listen to us. And uh, we look forward to your company again in a fortnight. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.